curious, open, Arab, Jewish, peace, conflict, Tel Aviv, discovering, Ramallah, music, politics, right-wing, drag queen, art, sex, love, Yemenite, refugee, Bedouin, Muslim, Jesus Christ, this is the very first episode of Shtetl in the Middle East. Hear and see the sounds, images, and chance encounters from Shtetl's time in Israel and Palestine, from the art to the politics to the voices of regular folks on the street. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll stick with me over the next few months on this radio pilgrimage to the Middle East. I'm your humble host and explorer, Tamara Kramer. You can download this or past episodes of Shtetl from iTunes or at shtetlmontreal.com. For more about this adventure from Israel and Palestine, check out Shtetl Magazine's Tumblr. Yalla, on to the show. Welcome to Shtetl on the Shortwave, coming to you live from Tel Aviv. Around the world, people are talking about the massacres that happened last week in Paris, and it's no different here. Stay tuned for the second half of the show when we'll hear from Israelis on the street talking about Netanyahu's visit to France and their reaction to his invitation to French Jews to move to Israel. But first, the news in North America is full of talk about how black lives matter, and the activist who started that hashtag was actually just here in the Middle East. But what is it like to be black and Jewish here in Israel, specifically an Ethiopian Jew? Let's hear from two of the members of the Ethiopian reggae band Zvulan Dub System, who are playing in Montreal at the Rialto this January 31st. Gili Yalo is the lead singer of the band, and he came to Israel from Ethiopia at age four. But first, here's the Israeli-born drummer and founder of the band. So my name is Asaf Smilan. I'm a musician, producer, sound engineer. Uh, I was born in Jerusalem and I'm living most of my life here in Tel Aviv. And I'm a member of a Zvulun dub system. So it's like a reggae slash Ethiopian music uh, band. And we're about to coming to Montreal pretty soon. What does uh, Zvulon mean? Zvulon is the Hebrew pronouncement of uh, Zebulon. It's one of the 12 tribes of uh, Israel. And when, when we start playing the band, I was living in uh, Zvulon, Zebulon Street in South Aviv. We used to rehearse over there and playing and doing all the rehearsal and a little bit recording over there at that apartment. And like most of the time when you're playing inside of your house, so most of the time your neighbor is not so happy about it because of the noise, but over there it was pretty unusual. All the neighbors really loved the music, so when we were rehearsing, the people from the next building went out to the balcony to listen, and some neighbors from upstairs came down to sit with us. So we felt that we have some kind of connection to the street, 
And since we was playing reggae music, and reggae music is connected to Rastafari, and Rastafari connected to the 12 tribe of Israel, it was just uh, in the right place. Are you Rastafari? Mm, not really. Not really, but I really like reggae music, and I really like the Rastafarian culture and music. What are some of the influences for the music in the band in Zebulon? What? Influences? Influences, all right. So we were starting the band as a roots like a band. So the main influence used to be like Jamaican reggae music roots and uh, root music from the 70s and then uh, rubbed up from the early 80s. Uh, then we, after releasing our first album called Freedom Time, which is like traditional roots uh, reggae al- album in English, uh, we start to think what we can do to make something that's more special, more unique, and more connected to the culture that we are living in. And since I'm like Ethiopian music for l- many years, and Gili, our singer, he born in Ethiopia, and he speaks Amharic. So we just find, start to make this uh, fusion between reggae and Ethiopian music. And this is how the Ambassador Project came, came about. Do you know when uh, the main migration of Ethiopians came to Israel? Yes, I think the first uh, big wave of uh, immigration from Ethiopia to, to Israel was in the early 80s, about uh, 84, 85. It called, I think it was called the Moses Operation. And then there was a second big wave on the early 90s, around 91, I think, I mean, 1991, something like that. And uh, till now, till re- very recent, I think, uh, still... Uh, Ethiopians coming to Israel, but not in like in big numbers like it used to be on those two big waves. Do you remember when there were these two waves of immigration? Do you remember it? Yes, I I remember better the second one of the early 90s. I was about 10 years old, so I have very good memories about that time, and it was really something different to see like people here in Israel like black people that coming to Israel because till that time this, it was hardly, you can hardly see black people here in the Israeli society and I was curious to know about those people and about their culture and what they're bringing here because it was very different than the western society of Israel that already was here. When you were younger did you have friends who were Ethiopians? Uh, since I grew up in Tel Aviv, so not really because uh, there is not such a big Ethiopian community here in Tel Aviv. But uh, when I went to the army, this was the first time I really got to know and in person like Ethiopian friends. From what I understand, the army is a place where people really encounter so many different types of Israelis. That's one of the places where a lot of people meet all the cultures in, in Israel. Yes, that's right, because in the army, like, if you're going to school in your city, so you meet the children from your city. But when you go to the army, you meet these people from all the country. Yeah, baby. 
like what I'm feeling in, this, in general in the Israeli society. There is lots of, uh, we can call it race issue between Ethiopian Jews and non-Ethiopian Jews. And for many people, it's really hard to accept that uh, there is uh, black uh, Jewish people that they're equal to them. And it's hard for some people to accept it. And they know from many Ethiopian friends that I have that they coming through lots of uh, difficulties because of that race issue. And right now, it's like same what's going on in the United States. There is lots of um, complaints about uh, how the police treat uh, Ethiopian people here. What we're trying to do with the music, we really mix together between Ethiopian people and non-Ethiopian people that are coming to, to our shows. Especially for the young generation, we can show them that there is other things of uh, integration different than, than what they usually see in the media or in, because when we are playing on the band there is Ethiopian, there is non-Ethiopian and like I heard from many Ethiopian friends that for most of their life they try to deny the, their Ethiopian culture and Ethiopian roots and they, sh- they feel like it's not so cool to be Ethiopian speaking Amharic and we just do the opposite, we come to the stage and Gili sings in Amharic and so I think this is something important that we are doing to expose the Ethiopian culture to the non-Ethiopian people. Because if you ask many people about Ethiopia, they're telling you this is in Africa and they have no culture, they are primitive culture and they come... This is what many people will say. But people, if people will start to learn and dig the Ethiopian culture, they will find out it's very ancient culture for maybe 7,000 years or something like that. But they don't really know because they're thinking they are black people from Africa and they're not part of the Western world, so they have no culture. So this is some of the problem here in Israel. Like, I have a friend that he has a bar, okay, and he's Ethiopian. So if people are coming to the bar for the first time, they're thinking, most of them, that he's like the, I don't know, the, the dishwasher. It, it, it doesn't look for them uh, reasonable that he's like the owner. What bar is it? Huh? What's the name of the bar? The Jackson Bar, it's in Florentine. It's my friend, he, he runs the place. It's his place. So. And it probably has gotten worse since there's a lot of refugees and asylum seekers from Africa, so prob- that probably doesn't help Ethiopians? Uh, maybe for the Ethiopians it helps a little, because now when the refugees came, they just in maybe one degree higher for them, like in the economical system. When first, uh, I think, first uh, people came here, Zionist people came here maybe 100 years ago from Russia and from uh, Poland. They came here and then started to come other people, like 10 years after them, and they started to look at them from above and say, you're not the real uh, Zionist, they just came after us. And then the, the people came from the Arab countries like Morocco and uh, Egypt and uh, Syria and Tunis and all of those uh, places. So again, the people that already used to be here just told them you're not as equal as us. And So right now the Ethiopian, they came the, the last to, to came here. So now when the... Uh, 
the refugees from Eritrea and Sudan came here, they can maybe look at them and say, okay, we are older than you here and we have more experience and you are the new guys here, so maybe it's bring them one level up. But the thing is, I think, that after one or two generations, even to North African people, they start to mix with with the Israeli society and you can like now you can never tell if someone is Ashkenazi or Sephardic you can never tell but for Ethiopian people it will take much more longer because they're black and it's something that they, they can get out of it Zulon dub system, because it's reggae and you sing a lot about Zion, which is normal when you sing reggae music. How does it feel for you, or what does it mean for you to sing about Zion? Since Zion is a very strong motif in reggae music, and you hear lots of uh, Jamaican songs talking about Zion and about the Promised Land. This is where I find the connection between the Jewish and the Israeli culture to the Jamaican culture. Like you can find Jamaican reggae albums that uh, they just read Psalms chapters and over reggae music. So for me it's very exciting because this is like my culture, my like this is come, came from here, like I'm living here in Israel and this is the land of the Bible, so all those stories uh, took place here. And then I see the connection between Israel to Jamaica. And then we find the connection between Israel, Jamaica and Ethiopia since the Rastafarian people, they're feel, feeling very connected to Ethiopia and to Haile Selassie. And so we just, but most of the Jamaican people, they never heard Amharic language, they never eat Ethiopian food, they never so heard Ethiopian music or Ethiopian dances and all the Ethiopian culture, they don't really know it. So we are lucky to know those three cultures and we can take the reggae music and mix it with the Ethiopian languages and Ethiopian music and Ethiopian scales and rhythms. Are there a lot of other white musicians that are playing in Jamaica, playing reggae or playing at reggae festivals? Uh, I don't think so, actually. Uh, like when we got the news that we are in, being invited to play in Jamaica in Reggae Sunfest, we just hardly could believe it's really going to happen because they never bring like non-Jamaican reggae bands. They can bring like R&B or hip hop artists from the United States, but they never bring reggae artists. And I think since we're doing those kind of special mixture between Ethiopian music and uh, reggae in Jamaican music, they found it attractive enough to bring us uh, as uh, foreigners to play reggae in Jamaica. So I think it's a dream for every reggae musician to come and play in Jamaica. We did it, so we're, we're really lucky. Mm-hmm. 
ፈገግታ ቁርስ ነው ሰብላል ካንጀቶ
from Tel Aviv, Israel's top reggae band, Zavulun Dub System, is coming to the Rialto Theatre Saturday, January 31st, 8. At Reggae Sumfest in Montego Bay, Zavulun Dub System headlined with Chronics and the illustrious Freddie McGregor. Fronted by Ethiopian-born Gilly Yallo with a fiery eight-piece rhythm section, Zavulun Dub System delivers a unique fusion of cultures and sounds. Their universal message, one world, one love, one music. Don't miss this show, Saturday, January 31st at 8 sharp. For tickets, check out theaterialto.ca. That was Asaf's Milan. Now take a listen. This is Gili Yalo, the lead singer of Zulon Dub System. You were saying that this is a really interesting place that I've come to. Why is it so interesting here? Uh, because there's a lot of things that are going on, like uh, especially uh, all around the Middle East. You have a lot of religious issues going on and a lot of territory issues going on. Every time you open the news, something is happening. It's not a good thing. Like, you know, we've been in Canada and we've been there, at, uh, I think, at the Super Bowl. Yeah, not Super Bowl. Like, uh, they play, uh, sorry, hockey. Hockey. So it was like Canada vs. United States, I think. Mm-hmm. At that time, Canada lost for the USA. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in the street that's screaming and shouting and someone just burned the car. And it was like the news for the, for the rest of the week. Like <laughs> in Here in Israel, they wouldn't give it a, a headline, you know, so... <laughs> uh, my name is Yalo Tadese Gil. I'm uh, 34 years old. I was born in Ethiopia in a place called uh, Gondar. I uh, immigrated uh, here. I came to Israel when I was uh, four years old. I, I'm a musician. How did you end up coming here to Israel when you were four years old? You know, there was like uh, people started to, to talk about Israel and uh, in Ethiopia, and um, people started to, to think about uh, going to Jerusalem, the Holy Land. And they really, they, they thought that it's like a, a city of gold and uh, there's uh, rivers of milk, exactly like it's written in the Bible. There were some rumors about that, about people who are going to Israel, Ethiopian people. And uh, my father had uh, one night a dream that he's climbing, climbing on, a, on a big mountain. And uh, at, the, at the top of the mountain, he's, he saw some uh, leaves with a dew, with dew. And uh, he went to the kiss. A case is like a rabbi in Ethiopia. And this case told him that he uh, should uh, go to Israel, to Jerusalem, and uh, the journey will be safe. So he started to go to the border of Ethiopia uh, with uh, a lot of people. There was like uh, one leader who, who took us who knew, who knows the way. And we went by foot like uh, around uh, one month until we got to Sudan. And then we spent there uh, we, uh, three months, around three months, like in a refugees camp, in a tent. We used to live in tents. And uh, after that, one night, like uh, I was like four years old. I don't remember much. I rem- remember just only small pictures of the occasion. But uh, in one night, uh, some trucks came to, the, to that refugees camp. And just we got up on the trucks. It was uh, a lot of people just 50, 100 people on one truck, and then they took us to, to, to uh, 
to an open place and there were like big lights who are waiting for us. We went through the lights and then I, I didn't know back then, but I know right now it was an airplane. And we got, uh, we got on the airplane and uh, we landed in, in Israel. What was the name of that operation? It's a Moses operation. In retrospect, was your family happy that they came here? Uh, my mother is really happy that she came here. She really loved Israel. My father too, but you know, he, he uh, at the last 10 years, he goes every year to Ethiopia and spend there, stay there for a month or two. So he missed, he missed back home too. Was it a difficult life there when, when you left 30 years ago? Was that partly why they came here? It's like Operation Moses. It sounds like they were saving you from something. Uh, I, I don't think so. You know, the Ethiopian Jews had that dream to, to come to Jerusalem uh, more than 2,000 years. We had a very simple life there, but we, were, we wasn't hungry for food or something, you know. It's more community life, you know. You get up in the morning, men go on to work, women uh, take care of the children, and uh, more simple, you don't have like uh, the bureaucracy of the West. I think like the purpose that they came here is not for a better life. They came to Israel because they dreamed about Jerusalem, and they dreamed about what we call in the, in the reggae, in the Rasta, Zion, they dreamed about Zion, and Zion it's a good place, who like like heaven, very good people and very good tradition and, uh, and everything is okay there and all your problems would be solved in Zion. That's why they, 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 were, they, were, they were really naive, like, uh, yeah, and, and when they came here they saw a different, <laughs> a different Zion yeah. and a different Israel, reality, yeah. some of it is good, some of it not good. Until I was like 18 years old, I, I tried, I tried so hard to mix in the Israeli society, and uh, you know, I, I just I didn't want to to know or to hear about my culture in Ethiopia. Like I said, I'm li I live in Israel, so I'm Israeli and I'm Jew, and that's it. And when I started, you know, to be a little bit uh, uh, older, I started to ask a lot of a lot of questions about myself, like. Uh, where are where really my roots are where my roots are from like and uh, I didn't I you know I used to know the language and I forgot it and uh, I think like 
if you don't have an identity if you, and if you don't know who you are it's kind of uh, you can break down easily what made you decide to to look into your Ethiopian roots did something happen first of all you know there's a lot of issues with the youth uh, with the Ethiopian youth and uh, you ask yourself why it's happening so I started to think about like how was it when I was at school I've come to realize nobody tried to teach me about my culture when we, we used to talk Amarenya it's like the Ethiopian language so the teacher used to say don't talk Amarenya here we're in Israel so talk Hebrew uh, you know we used to fight with children I was uh, <laughs> a child too we used to fight one another so they used to, to tell me, all right, yeah, you Ethiopian guy, go back to Africa, go back to the jungles, to the jungles. And I didn't understand, so I thought they were right, like Ethiopia is a jungle. Because I didn't, I didn't want to hear about my culture from my parents. You know, my father used, tried to, to, to tell me about Ethiopia and the culture, uh, the beautiful things that we, we, we have in Ethiopia, and I didn't want to listen. More than that, there were like some racial situations in Israel at that time. Like, I wanted to run away from it, but it happened. Like, you know, there was like a, one issue that they, they, they throw the Ethiopian blood because like they thought like uh, it had a big chance to be to, to catch an AIDS. So everyone who donate blood, they throw his blood uh, and stuff like that. And uh, I started to, you know, to search for the good things about me being in Ethiopia. And I realized that there's a lot of good things, a lot more, more good, good things than bad. I don't think that there's bad. Like, right now I know who I am, like, and where are my parents from, and my, my father, and uh, my father's fathers, and, uh, and uh, how it all started. How did it happen that you started singing in Amharic? A couple of years before, I used to hear Amharic music, but uh, I never thought that I could sing and I can sing in Amharic. I, th I thought like, I know the language, but you know, I'm kind of, even to talk, it's not easier for me. So to sing, it's gonna be harder, much more harder. So I, ne I never thought about it. But one day we sat at uh, Asaf studio and uh, we heard a song called Tenesh Kalibelai by Muluk and Melissa, and I really loved the song. <laughs> When we heard the song, I didn't know if it was famous or not because I wasn't like involved a lot with the Ethiopian scene of music. But I really, really loved the song. So we did it uh, at the shows and every time that song arrived, people were dancing and getting crazy and getting mad and we really, I really loved it. 
and I felt differently. Are you a Rastafari? Uh, that's a hard question because uh, when you think about it like deeply, a Rastafari I don't have to be with dreadlocks, uh, doesn't have to believe in, in, in the Ethiopia as the Holy Land, mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't, have to, doesn't have to believe in Haile Selassie. The principle of the Rastafari it's like to be a good man, to believe in love, to believe in unity, to believe in one. And that's how we can like end all our problems. And uh, you know, we've been in Jamaica for three months, uh, three weeks, sorry. And we've seen those Rastafarians uh, and they have a really something special going on. I hope more Jamaican people will be Rastafarian. There's so many levels of complexity. First of all, I asked Asaf, how does he feel when he has to sing about Zion? Which Zion? Are they singing about the Zion in Ethiopia? Are they singing about Zion here? Uh, then you are from Ethiopia, Hali Selassie. He's the Almighty One, right? I didn't just seem so trippy to me. I think because I, I'm coming from Ethiopia and uh, I know a lot of things about Haile Selassie. I really, I, I came to Israel when I was four years old, but I heard a lot, a lot of stories about my father. And there's a lot of good things that Haile Selassie did, and there's a lot of bad things that Haile Selassie did. What can I say about it? Nobody's perfect. We are human <laughs> beings. <laughs> but I think like back at that time, when all the Rastafarian movement just started, I think that was one of the best things that happen to the black people in Jamaica because they give it give them a lot of faith and believe so, yeah, I think like it's a really good religion because they really believe in peace with all the world there's not uh, uh, I, I don't know about you know the Christian and the Muslims and uh, even the Jews like you know they everybody say okay we we'll believe in peace until until there's borders. The Rastafarians, when you talk about love, there's no borders, no borders, only love, only love. So for you, when you sing about Zion and about a lot of the themes in Rastafarian music, you don't take it literally. Uh, first of all, most of the songs that, that we sing talks about like situation in the world. We're talking about like uh, uh, people fighting for freedom, a lot of things that going on with the politicians and how money corrupts the world. We're talking about freedom. Uh, we're talking about like discrimination. So, you know, when we are when we're singing about about Zion as like a place that we dream that one day will appear, like a state of mind, like something that that you say, I wish. Like you can compare it to heaven. 
that's it like uh, i think like a lot of people take the, the term zion and use it to whatever they want like even in the movie metrics metrics they 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 say like the good place they need to arrive is zion but it moves a lot of people too like your whole family and community were moved by their vision of zion to come here yes so it's powerful like it could move people beyond just a state of mind Can move them to another state. Yes. Yeah. The idea, everything starts with an idea. If you think about it, it's your idea and your fate. That's what, as a human being, that's what shapes you. You and what you do in your life, you are moved by idea and fate. So, if Zion is an idea of peace and love, and and uh, love with no borders and a world, a place with no borders at all maybe can be good for this world. Uh, right now we are talking in really tough times. You know, we've seen what happened happened right now in in, uh, in France. And it's hard. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to think that people were moved by idea, by someone who told them that this idea is really good for them. And this idea is what will make this or their world better. Uh, we are uh, in, uh, in a bar called Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'm one of the owners. Uh, we play here a lot of African music. And uh, making uh, reggae and dub music here too. <laughs> That's where we are right now. Okay. Yeah. And last question: What is this ring? The ring uh, that you're wearing. Oh. This is the Lion of Judah. See the lion? Yeah. Holding a flag. It used to be uh, the symbol of Ethiopia, of the flag of Ethiopia. shall break every chain he is the conqueror now we sing a song of redemption and love song of liberty sitting on the mountain so peaceful and high about reality leading the children to do right reveal the prophecy show I the way to my So that was Gili Yalo, the lead singer of Zvulon Dub System, Ethiopian jazz reggae band, and they're going to be uh, performing live in Montreal at the end of January. You can check them out at the Rialto, and hopefully we'll be checking out more Ethiopian culture while I'm here in Israel and Palestine. Uh, for now, we're going to move on to uh, another story that people are talking about all around the world, which is uh, the massacre both massacres that happened uh, last week in Paris at Charlie Hebdo and also at the kosher supermarket where four Jewish people were killed. And Netanyahu, uh, the prime minister of the state of Israel, flew to France to march in solidarity with other world leaders. 
there were a lot of mixed reactions I was hearing about what he said while he was there. And so I went out on the street and for the first time I started talking to random strangers here in, uh, in Tel Aviv and trying to get uh, their opinion on what happened. So this is a very random sampling that I took from the area where I'm staying in South Tel Aviv. And uh, it's a very particular neighborhood in Tel Aviv and hopefully over time I'll explore different neighborhoods, but this one is quite diverse. Uh, and uh, this is just a little sprinkling of what some people said when I harassed them on the street first at Along the Shortwave. What's your name? Doron. And where are we right now? In Tel Aviv, Jaffa. This week after the attacks that happened in Paris, the Charlie Hebdo story, Netanyahu went to France and he invited all the French Jews to come live in Israel. What do you think about that? I think it's a normal thing. It's okay to come to make Aliyah, all the Jews, here in uh, our country. It's, uh, it's okay, it's very good. I think much better for us to make a big country, a lot of millions of Jews here. It's, I think it's, uh, it's okay. Can you tell us where we are? In Tel Aviv, southern Tel, uh, Tel Aviv, Levinsky Street. And what's your name? Anat. Anat, uh, did you hear what happened in Paris with Charlie yes. Hebdo? Yes, of course. So Netanyahu went to France and he invited all the Jews of France to come live in Israel. Right. How do you react to that? Um, I'm actually happy. <laughs> I, I would like them to come. Why? Uh, to experience uh, living in Israel, uh, even though uh, a lot of people think it's not safe, but you know, still, it's, it's our country. Are you born here in Israel? Yes. And do you think that like all the Jews of the world should live here? Um, not necessarily. If they want to, they're welcome. I don't think uh, it's a, you know, it's a necessity. If, uh, if I think uh, that the Jews, uh, all the Jews uh, should live in Israel. Okay, why not? Why not? <laughs> Excusez-moi, c'est quoi votre nom? Clara. Et vous venez de où? Moi je suis, je suis venue de Paris. Ah ben je suis tunisienne. Et ça fait longtemps que tu es ici en Israël? Depuis 70. Wow, ok. Oui, ça fait déjà beaucoup d'années. Oui. Est-ce que tu as encore de la famille euh, à d'autres, en d'autres pays À Paris. J'ai ma soeur là-bas, euh, mes petites nièces là-bas, mes, mes tantes, beaucoup de la famille là-bas. Cette semaine, on a vu qu'est-ce qui est arrivé à Paris. Oui. Et je voulais savoir c'est quoi ta réaction euh, à Netanyahu qui dit que les Juifs de France devraient venir vivre oui, ici hein. en Israël. Voilà, je te dis. En Israël, c'est la place de tous les Juifs. Aval, si tous les juifs, là où il y a de la terreur, ils, ils, ils jettent tout, ils viennent en Israël, c'est pas bien pour nous. On est obligé d'être des juifs dans le monde entier. Aval, les, les juifs là-bas, c'est des gens, euh, comment on dit en, en français, mais soudarim, arrangés, ils, ils savent c'est quoi la vie. C'est pas bien que les juifs ils viennent tous en Israël, il faut qu'il reste des juifs à Paris. Parce que aussi une chose, si tous on se sauve, 
de là où il y a la terreur, on leur fait montrer qu'on a peur. Il ne faut pas leur faire montrer qu'on a peur. What's your name? Amore. And where are you from? Nigeria. Uh, how long have you been here in Israel? Oh, three years plus now. Yeah, right now, we are in Central Bus Station Tel Aviv in Israel. We are all the things happening here. That's the center place. Did you hear what happened uh, this week in Paris uh, with Charlie Hebdo? Oh, yeah, we heard. Netanyahu went to France and he said that all the Jews of France should come and live in Israel. What do you think about that? I'm sorry, I don't have anything to say about that. Why? It's a non nobody can see you, nobody will ever know who you are or... Sure, I know. But for now, I don't think I have any say to, to that. Is it something that you're afraid to answer? There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of. Really, if he said they should come back home, it's for their safety. If they, tr they, they maybe they just decide to stay back, well, that is their choice. So if they want to come, fine. If they want to stay, fine. Are you a, a Netanyahu supporter? Oh, of course, everybody here, I'm their supporter. As long as I stay in Israel, I love them. But not Israel, but Netanyahu. Sure. What's your name? Uh, Shadi. So you heard what happened in Paris this past week? Yeah. Netanyahu went to Paris and he spoke in the synagogue there and he said all the Jews of France should come and live in Israel. What's your reaction to that? أنا بقول في إسرائيل كمان في مشاكل وكل مكان في مشاكل بس كل واحد لازم يدير باله على حاله وما ما بصيرش مشاكل فيزاو بكل مكان مش بلاجان إن ما لاصد. Do you know what he said? He said that we have enough problems here, also problems. So it's different. They can come live here, but they will have also problems here. What's your name? Razi. Khazi, and what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm a social worker in uh, South Tel Aviv. Did you hear what happened in Paris with Charlie Hebdo? Yeah, I heard, of course. So Netanyahu was there and he said all the Jews of France should move to Israel. And I wanted to know what people's reaction is to that. Obviously, I think that Jews need to feel comfortable or every person in every religion need to feel comfortable everywhere in the world, um, not just in Israel. Um, so that's what I think. I think that the focus on Jews uh, coming to Israel is not uh, the main thing. Uh, it's more about a person in every religion need to feel comfortable uh, anywhere in the world. Charge money for yeah. talking. <laughs> okay, so what's your name? My name is Aviv. This week, Netanyahu went to Paris to stand in solidarity with what happened at Charlie Hebdo. What do you think about his offer for all the French Jews to come and live in Israel? 50-50 um, to be honest. Uh, first of all, it's pretty obvious that uh, it's their country and they are uh, more than welcome to come and live in Israel. But in general, uh, they live there uh, for many years and they have uh, families, uh, businesses and uh, 
they work over there, so uh, I, I would say 50-50 uh, about it. Are you a Netanyahu supporter? Uh, it's hard to answer. I support his policy uh, about security, but not in, uh, in the social uh, part of uh, his policy. So also 50-50. Uh, How old are you? 34. This past week in, uh, in Paris, Netanyahu was there and he invited all the French Jews to come live in Israel. What's your reaction to that? I really hope they will not come. What do you mean? No, first of all, it's ridiculous because it's much more dangerous to be a Jewish in Israel than to be a Jewish in French. This is uh, by fact. More Jewish killed here because they are Jewish, because of the conflicts and in French. And second of all, I really am not support of this uh, return uh, policy laws in Israel. We spend a lot of our budget about this bullshit. I, I, uh, I don't know why we deal with the inside incident in French. It's not our business, it's French business. We are in Tel Aviv in a restaurant called Tnat, which which is a vegan restaurant. And uh, what are your names? Uh, my name is Or. Neojago. You heard what happened last week in, in Paris? Of course. When Netanyahu went to France, he said the Jews of France should move to Israel. What's your reaction to that? You can never say an entire population to do a very specific thing. That's wrong, no matter what it is. I agree the Jewish population could come to Israel if they want to, but I don't agree to uh, telling them to come here. Running away is not a solution. I, well, I don't live in Paris, so maybe I'm totally wrong, but if the atmosphere allows it and and their lives are in in Paris and they are they feel French and they love it, then why should they live? You know, they should stand on their ground and fight for what they believe in. And how old are you guys? 26. Yeah, yeah, me too. People in Israel have very different opinions and different opinions are pretty much biased because of the, of the media. There are certain types of media in Israel and some of them uh, they insist of showing, you know, certain things like um, there are going to be elections in Israel soon. So it's very good right now to show that it's very dangerous outside, and uh, you know, Europe doesn't support Israel 100 uh, percent. I believe in part it's true, but it's not uh, as bad as they show it in the media. So I believe some people, if you just ask their opinion on the street, they will tell you, yeah, the. People should definitely come here because it's dangerous out there. Uh, but they don't entirely, you know, it's not like they made their own investigation. They're just pretty much repeating what they hear, heard on TV. I think it's dangerous everywhere, uh, all over uh, Europe. Uh, and even here, it's very dangerous. We have a little war going on, going on uh, every a year or two. So. Maybe you guys should all come to Canada. <laughs>
Thanks so much for tuning in to Shtetl on the Shortwave, and I hope you'll feel free to let me know what you think about the show. It's never easy to say the right thing about this part of the world, but um, I'm trying to keep my eyes open and my ears open and bring you what I'm finding out here. And since this week, uh, there's been a bit of a reggae and French theme on the show, I'm going to close with uh, Serge Gainsbourg's reggae version of the Marseillaise. And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Shtetl from the Middle East. Bernard Alamus, vous écoutez Shtetl on the Shortwave, live on CKUT 90.3 FM. Cześć, tutaj Bernard Alamus, słuchacie Shtetl on the Shortwave na CKUT 90.3 FM.
qui nous traîne et nous entraîne, écraser l'un contre l'autre, nous ne formons qu'un seul corps. Et les flots sans effort nous poussent enchaîner l'un et l'autre. Sous le vélo de corps enlacé sans 